This is Simply Healthy, a podcast by Southern New Hampshire Health. You know the drill, the constant worrying, not sleeping well, irritability, muscle tension, fatigue, yeah, stress, anxiety, the not-so-dynamic duo you don't want in your life. With us to talk about managing stress and anxiety is Michelle Gardner, Behavioral Health Unit Director at Southern New Hampshire Health. Michelle, thanks for your time. Hey, Bill. Thank you very much for having me. No problem. So let's get into this, Michelle. Can you tell us what is the difference between stress and anxiety? Basically, there are different types, right, of stress and anxiety. So what are those? Yes, they are. So stress and anxiety is a normal part of life and it affects everyone in some way, shape, or form in varying degrees for different lengths of time. So stress is any physical or psychological demand. It can be the result of something positive or exciting in your life, such as planning a vacation or a trip, purchasing a home or a vehicle, starting a new job. It can also be a result of something negative or challenging, such as a loss of a job or a loss of a loved one, some kind of traumatic event, or even just being stuck in traffic. Anxiety, though, is that feeling of fear or worry. It may or may not be related to a stressful situation. Sometimes it's that feeling of fear and worry becomes worse over time. And as a result, someone could have an anxiety disorder, such as a generalized anxiety disorder, which is excessive anxiety or worry that impacts someone's life, a panic disorder, and that's the time when people feel like they're having those heart attacks, or it can be some other form of social anxiety. It's really interesting when you said that there's positive stress. I never thought of it that way. You know, when you're stressed up, stressed out about buying a new car or a house or things like that. Really interesting. So how does stress and anxiety affect people? Then? So it can affect people in different ways. Sometimes that positive stress that people have or that anxiety actually pushes people to keep moving forward in things. Um, other times, though, the stress can have a negative impact, and that can cause headaches, difficulty sleeping, difficulty focusing and concentrating. Sometimes people can have a change in their appetite or their weight. Their heart rate goes up. They can have the difficulty with the breathing, high blood pressure, stomach aches. Um, also, to you mentioned that sore muscles. Um, they may feel angry and irritable, frustrated or depressed. And sometimes if that stress and anxiety is not managed properly, in the long term, it can actually cause heart disease, diabetes, and other chronic conditions. So when you recognize those symptoms in yourself, what is the next step? Should someone contact their physician at that point? Well, sometimes you don't necessarily need to go to that level at that point in time. Sometimes it's just as easy as kind of taking a break and self-reflecting and determining, is there a specific trigger that I can avoid next time? Is there something else that I can do? But if you feel like you're not able to manage that on your own, then absolutely seek professional help. Go to your primary care provider. See if then you need to be referred to a mental health specialist or maybe some kind of different support groups. Sometimes people actually require medications. So, Michelle, when you talk about that, taking a step back and reflecting, there seems to be a self-care trend on social media as we see people saying how important it is to pay attention to sleep and diet, and you see them doing yoga and getting massages. Is this really the right way to deal with actual stress and anxiety? Absolutely. Self-care is very important when it comes to managing stress and anxiety. All too often, we have a tendency to focus solely on the problem and what causes that stress and anxiety, and that means that we're actually looking outward. Sometimes what we need to do, though, is to stop and actually look inward. We need to make sure that we take care of ourselves, that we can function at our best when we need it the most. And with regards to self-care, those types can be as unique as the individual. 
I believe sometimes the hardest thing for people to do is to first recognize that they need to stop and actually not feel guilty about it. They need to do that self-nurturing, which is very essential to a healthy lifestyle, and people need to be able to determine what works for them. So absolutely, if it's going to workout classes or yoga, making sure that they potentially change their diet, they're sleeping a little bit more, absolutely. That's really interesting. So when you say stop and don't feel guilty about it, do people feel guilty about taking time for themselves? And you know what? I need to just take a an hour to myself and go get a massage. You're saying don't feel guilty about that. Absolutely. I think what ends up happening is that more people have a tendency to be very forgiving and nurturing towards others, and then we end up having a tendency to put ourselves on the back burner until the point comes when we're just feeling very overwhelmed, very stressed, and very anxious about something. So if you are feeling very overwhelmed, like you just said, it's okay to take a step back, reflect, spend some time uh, you know, to yourself, Maybe take a day off or a weekend day and just kind of chill. And as you said, look inward. That's really good advice. So are there other ways we can reduce stress and anxiety the right way? And maybe some tips on how we can better manage this. Absolutely. So the best thing to do is to have a plan and to practice your plan. So the more the people practice their plan, their self-care plan, they're actually the easier it is when the time comes when they need to implement it. Sometimes managing stress and anxiety requires someone just to change the situation, even if it's for a moment. So that might be something as simple as taking a break during your eight-hour work shift, um, going for a walk, counting, you know, maybe counting to 10, organizing your thoughts, or even if you're feeling overwhelmed, just ask for help. Um, other coping skills or relaxation techniques that people can use um, is that positive self-talk. I can do this. I can get through this. Um, trying something new. Um, maybe it's listening to music, coloring, journaling, reading a good book, just kind of even sitting down to watch a movie or watch something on TV. Sometimes baking or cooking is therapeutic to people. Um, taking some big problems and actually breaking them into a little bit more manageable ones. Sometimes it's even putting things on a list and then crossing it off and looking to see how much you've achieved during your day. And recognizing that it's okay to kind of carry something on to the next day. So um, some things to avoid might be alcohol, drugs, nicotine, or too much caffeine. Those are really great tips, and thank you for passing those along. You were mentioning positive self-talk. seems like most of us do a lot of negative self-talk, and that's really not healthy, is it? So if we catch ourselves in a pattern of negative self-talk, is there a way to break out of that? Surround yourself with positive people. Sometimes um, we have, we recommend and we recommend for ourselves as well is put something that's really um, visible, put something on your desk, Um, put something on your mirror. So when you first get up in the morning, you have like a positive thought that's there, like you can do this today, passing it along to one of your coworkers or a family member, anything on that idea just to kind of break yourself of that because negativity breeds negativity. So if you surround yourself with positive self-talk, it'll get you through the other day. Well, that makes sense. And the more you do positive self-talk, like you said, negative self-talk breeds negativity. The more positive you are, the more positive self-talk, right? Eventually, you kind of reprogram yourself. Is that right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, reading some good books, there is a lot of information that's out there on the Internet. There is um, a lot of support groups that are around in the area. Um, So anything that you feel like you can do to rejuvenate yourself when you absolutely need it. 
Well, that is great advice, Michelle. Thank you so much for your time today. I've enjoyed talking with you. For more information, please visit snhhealth.org slash behavioral-health. That's snhhealth.org slash behavioral-health. And if you want to hear more, make sure you subscribe to Simply Healthy and Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. This is Simply Healthy, a podcast by Southern New Hampshire Health. I'm Bill Klaproth. Thanks for listening.